why do you think that it's really important for us to, you know, know, know everything that we're really good at and know our strengths, but also maybe know, you know, some of the rough edges that maybe aren't our strengths so that we can work together on those things. Why, why is it important to know both sides of that? I think it's vitally important to know that your strengths are strengths because to each one of us, they're normal. And if I think of something that I'm actually pretty good at as normal, anybody who's sort of average is going to feel insufficient. And I might look at them that way, like, gosh, why can't you do that? That's so easy. I really counsel leaders and myself to when I think that, when that thought crosses my mind, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this something where I'm really powerful or strong or it's really, the reason it's easy for me is because it's a strength. Welcome to the Ripple Leader Podcast with Chris Hutchinson. I'm your co-host, Seth Silvers, and every week on this show, I will sit down with Chris Hutchinson, founder and CEO of the Trebuchet Group, and have engaging conversations with one goal, to help you build clarity and confidence for leaders and teams. This season, we are hosting these conversations live on Fireside Chat, which means you can join us in the conversation. If you want to ask questions live, download Fireside Chat on your mobile device and tune in live to join the interview. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another week and another episode of the Ripple Leader Podcast uh, with Chris Hutchinson. Chris, I'm excited for today's conversation. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. And thanks for reminding me not to be muted. (laughs) Good. Wonderful. So uh, for those listening live in our audience here on Fireside, uh, today we're talking about something that is necessary to talk about, but not really fun to talk about. Because when I feel vulnerable, I feel pretty crummy. Um, I don't really feel like leading. But we're going to talk today about how do you lead when you feel vulnerable, Um, leading while vulnerable, and how in those times, how do you be what is needed from your team and from those around you? And when we say team, you know, we, we believe that really everybody is leading somebody. And so some of you listening might actually be, you know, a manager or a CEO where you're actively leading a team every day. And others of you might just recognize that um, there's leadership involved with your daily life. And there's people around you that are um, leading and in need of leadership. So Chris would love to kind of just get a teaser of why was this a topic that you felt like was really important for us to I think there's a lot of people who, when you're sort of either assume or believe that you have the mantle of leadership, that feel like that somehow is a mantle of invulnerability and that you should never admit mistakes, that um, admitting that you're confused or struggling or having a hard time or even having a bad day is a weakness. And I think it's the paradox is the opposite is true. It is a paradox that you can be vulnerable and be strong because you're showing it's possible to work through challenges and invite other people to help you allows them to uh, be open to your help when needed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And, you know, I think we'll, we'll dive into some, some of those points even deeper. And how would you define, let's like kind of define this word vulnerability. We've talked about it on other episodes, but you know, Chris, how, how do you kind of define this in context of this conversation? That's a great question, Seth, because I think there's a spectrum of vulnerability. On on one end, you'd have you never take off your armor, you sleep with your sword beside you. Nobody can ever get you in any bad way because you're completely ready for a counterattack. You're just bristly. On the other end, there is such a thing as too much vulnerability where I'm just going to share everything that comes out of my 
you know, out of my head comes out my mouth. I share all my weaknesses, all my challenges, and I'm sort of expecting other people to pick up the pieces. That's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about, at least in our organization, we talk about vulnerability that serves, where I am open to not being correct, having more possibilities. I don't have to have all the answers. I know that there's some that I need to show up with and I need to set some boundary conditions and I need to be willing to push on what we need, not just like, hey, whatever you say. At the same time, the more open that you can be within that context, the more invitational it is for other people to contribute and to be vulnerable themselves. So they can say, you know, I didn't quite get that right, or gosh, there's something here I could learn, or I need help. And without that kind of vulnerability, we are just the sum of our parts. Everybody's a strong pillar, add them together, that's what you get. A team really is where people are willing to embrace each other's vulnerability and collectively we become stronger. Yeah, it's, so I'm going through the hiring process right now. I spent most of my weekend looking through applications and resumes and different things. Wow, and congratulations. So, thanks, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting um, and it's fun, but it also you know, puts you in this position where you're trying to, you know, from a, from a purely, you know, kind of third party view, look at people's strengths and weaknesses. And, uh, you know, we get into this thinking of like, okay, well, you know, we want to make like a spreadsheet of all these strengths and all these weaknesses. When in reality, like some of the things that might be, uh, you know, that might be missing or, or might, somebody might even look at as like, yeah, it's not necessarily my strong suit. There's, there's strength from that. And those actually help to balance um, the team. So in context of like building teams and, you know, organizations and even the teams that we're all a part of in various capacities, like, why do you think that it's really important for us to, you know, know, know everything that we're really good at and know our strengths, but also maybe know, you know, some of the rough edges that maybe aren't our strengths so that we can work together on those things? Why, why is it important to know both sides of that? I think it's vitally important to know that your strengths are strengths because to each one of us, they're normal. And if I think of something that I'm actually pretty good at as normal, anybody who's sort of average is going to feel insufficient. And I might look at them that way, like, gosh, why can't you do that? That's so easy. I really counsel leaders and myself to when I think that, when that thought crosses my mind, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this something where I'm really powerful or strong or it's really, the reason it's easy for me is because it's a strength. And if I look at it through that lens and I can see where are other people's strengths, where are other people's limitations. And um, it also lets us sort of imagine if all our strengths are sort of those tools we can throw on the table together. Um, if I know what my strengths are, I can drop them on there and say, hey, what are yours? Instead of like, I know, and if you're like me, you're good. Um, so I think being vulnerable is knowing that there are things that actually I'm not really great at this. I could use some help getting something completed. That's one of my sort of limitations or, or things I'm really great at starting and moving through. And that last bit, perfectionism will just come up and bite me in the ass. And then I'm like, I'll keep refining and refining. And, and so if I have somebody says, nudge, hey, how about we try it now? That actually can get it out in the world and we're better off because of it. Mm -hmm. I think too, there's, there's one other piece here where um, I love um, the, act, the superhero action movies. Actually, the, the way they're coming out now, they don't have pure good and pure evil. People are a mix of, you know, even the good guy has some bad strains and vice versa. What's really cool is that um, the villains, supervillains, really are superheroes. The difference is that they are so sure of what they're going to do. They are invulnerable that that actually becomes the crack in their armor that they get exploited through. And 
the really the good guys, right? The good guys and gals that are working when they become vulnerable. You'll notice in the stories when they become vulnerable and realize that they can't win everything, that they need each other or they need to know what that is, that's when they become strongest. That's when they're able to defeat the villain. So I, we'd like to have these, you know, hero villain stories. I don't think people are necessarily that way. And yet there's a lesson in there about when you can be vulnerable and know you, you're not absolutely correct. That's the moment where you get to use all your strengths and get the strengths from other people around you. Right. Yeah, I think that's such a good analogy. And we could probably go into examples of that for a long, long time. But I think you know, briefly kind of talking into that superhero world of like, you know, the Avengers Endgame saga, Endgame and Infinity War was a huge, huge deal. Incredible movies. Like people, I mean, I, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen people so excited about a story. Yeah. And a huge reason of that was because several movies earlier, initially all of the Avengers hated each other and there was a whole movie about them fighting each other. And so what could possibly bring them back together? Like from that place of vulnerability, from that mm -hmm. place of weakness where, you know, they, the directors kind of forced you to almost pick sides with, uh, of the superheroes, of all the characters that we love. But we then there's- that in real life, Seth. It's just make-believe. Make you know, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just make-believe. Yeah, but I think it's such a sides. The last guy, you know, we do have to ask one question about what you're saying. So are you saying that, you know, Thanos is a superhero? <laughs> Well, I think it's um, the difference between superhero and supervillains are who are you serving? If you serve yourself, you're most likely to be the villain. And how sure are you that you have the answer? The more sure you are, the more likely you are to be the villain. So I think it's just a, that that's my distillation of all that. So when I'm thinking of doing things, I'm like, am I falling into that certainty place? Or am I falling into that, I know how to do it and I'm strong place? Or can I come to it from, this is bigger than any of us, including me. How can we contribute our strengths together to, to deal with this challenge? And it yeah. might be the challenge of how we're working together. Or are we really fully getting everybody's strengths? What if we have some diversity on our team where we're not actually fully listening to somebody? That diversity isn't, isn't honored. We don't have that strength. We're weak in that area. Yeah, I think that's a that's a um, beautiful point of, you know, are you the difference between being a superhero and a supervillain? It might be as simple as are you serving yourself or serving others? And so we, we'd love to kind of transition in the show and and really start hearing from some of the audience members, start hearing from some examples of, uh, you know, I, I would say who have you seen lead a team well while being vulnerable or have there been maybe some moments where you have had to lead while being vulnerable and, and what did that look like for you? And Chris, you know, while we're waiting for some people from the audience to jump on stage, I'd love to hear from you, maybe an example in your life of somebody that you've seen lead well, uh, while being vulnerable. I think, boy, there's, there's a lot of examples. I can think in my family times when people really finally sort of broke down and, including me, to say, you know, I can't do this all. I need some help. And that surfaced the ability for other people to help. Um, last year, I got diagnosed with cancer because I, this is real personal. I'll go there. Um, no symptoms, just had this blood test number that doubled in a year. Hmm. And I ended up going through hmm, about three months of prep and then um, a short stint in a very empty hospital in the middle of COVID, April 2020 to 
have my prostate taken out. So I had to, you know, could I keep facilitating? Could I keep uh, coaching? Mm -mm. No. In fact, I had to open up to other people. And there was one example of people who were, they were bringing food, they were bringing things. And I thought, I'm strong, I'm capable. I want to kind of project that. And that's, I want to live into that. You know, that's what I should do. And I could tell when I told this person no on the Zoom call, I could watch their face drop. And I realized I was robbing us both of a chance to support each other. Like it was a gift from them that I refused. And it was a gift to me that I needed to accept. Wow. And so by doing that, that gave me the strength to help lead my team and figure out where we're going to go. Now, I don't know. I mean, that's a really personal example for me. Maybe people have different examples of by being vulnerable, I actually could take a leadership role and get more strengths than my own into the room. So that's a, that's a start. I really want to hear with some other folks here. Looks like we got several people stepping up. Yeah, we do. And, and Chris, I appreciate you kind of opening up into your life and into some of the ways, you know, that you've had to face this head on in the last year. And yes. we're glad so to, far so good. No, no results yeah. of any bad stuff. So I'm, it looks like I'm clean, clean bill of health here. So just to yeah, which is amazing. Out a little. Yeah. Amazing. And we're worth celebrating. So, uh, first off, we want to welcome to the stage, uh, Ariel and, uh, Ariel talk to us about, uh, an example or something that you've seen in relation to leading with vulnerability. Well, um, kind of, uh, like, as you know, I'm one of the founding uh, firesiders here. And uh, thanks to uh, Stephanie's link that I got on uh, Spaces. <laughs> wow. But um, I think, um, like, when I'm a host of a show, and uh, I might run into a technical glitch over here, where I have to restart the app and go back in. Uh, a while ago, I had, you know, I'll, I'll make a long story short, a friend that I could trust, that I thought I tr could trust when he got on here, but he went a little bit off the rails. But uh, I, I had to like reroute the conversation back to what it was about. And even when the funniest thing happened when I had a guest on here and uh, there was a lot of um, traffic noises going on in their background and they were telling me they couldn't hear me. I put, I put the guest back in the audience and the funny thing is there was a glitch where we could still hear the guest, even though I put it back in the audience. It was actually pretty funny, but I didn't, I didn't let that sit. And Sass was there too. He can vouch for me. It was, <laughs> it was my episode two of a Yang Gang roundtable thing I did. But anyway, I didn't let that say like, oh great. Now the show sucks. Like I didn't dwell on these kind of like technical difficulties or guests going off the rails or they had something in their backgrounds. I just said like, look, the show must go on. I'm not going to spend too much time saying, oh, oh, I didn't want that to happen. And oh, I'm so sorry. And what am I going to do now? This wasn't supposed to happen. I just said, we're just going to get back on track. We're going to think about that later. And I'm just going to be the host and I'm just going to do what has to be done for the integrity of the show. And so my audience can, you know, enjoy this. And, you know, it's not the end of the world. So it put me in like a little bit of a vulnerable position. It's like, oh, you're the host and things are kind of going off the rails or a guest isn't like, you know, being that cooperative, but it's like, hey, I can handle it. it it's okay. It, it, it's a minor setback and it happens to people. Yeah, you sort of play the bigger person role. And that allows other people to see, you know what, they could be not perfect and still show up with you and have a great show. 
Well, and I think that's a great example. And Ariel, I appreciate uh, you sharing. Thank you so much for sharing your insight. Uh, and ironically, Ariel's show is called Ariel's Insights. So he's very good at sharing his insight. Yeah, um, yeah, which is a good thing. But I think that's a great example because sometimes there's these huge things that happen that make us feel very vulnerable. And I would dare to say, Chris, that you know your example of when you were diagnosed with cancer is a huge thing that happens that makes, you know, it, it feels destabilizing. But there can also be these small things, uh, you know, technical glitches. There can, in the middle of an important meeting or a recording, or, you know, some little thing going kind of off the rails in your day that can expose us and kind of make us feel vulnerable. I, I feel like I probably get more frustrated with little things than with big things. <laughs> so I actually think it's important to have some examples like Ariel's of uh, just you know, some small things that are going to make us vulnerable when we're trying to lead. Um, but yeah, I, I want to hear from some of the others. We also have, I want to welcome up uh, Sass to the stage, which Sass, we have not had you on the show um, yet. So welcome to the Ripple Leader Show and would love to kind of hear from you. Yeah, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. I, I could honestly, I could probably come up with a bunch of examples, but uh, one that's very personal to me um, that I think really exemplifies like the word vulnerable is uh, when I was in my in high school and my siblings were in college, our uh, our parents started um, the divorce process, which was pretty unexpected, at least for me. Um, and that took like two years before it was done legally, and then kind of continued after that in some in some capacity. Um, but during that time, um, you know, it, it was. It was very raw. I was very much in the middle of it because it was just myself and my parents at home. Um, and so I was very tangled up in a lot of it. Um, and, and my sister um, made a point of, of coming home far more often during that time. Um, and I think she played a, 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 a key role of, of leading the family um, and, and helping us to stay a little bit more level-headed and uh, a little bit less in despair um, and, and supporting all of us through that. Uh, and, and I just, I still thank her to this day for that. Um, she, she really, she really, she really did a lot. Um, and likely what, you know, she was likely very vulnerable too. I can't imagine that she didn't feel that way, um, but she did a great job of, of, of kind of leading in that space. So that was really incredible. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's another great example of, you know, things are going to happen in our life and uh, we never quite know when when we're going to all of a sudden feel feel vulnerable. And again, we talked at the beginning of like a team can look different. A family is very much a team. So I think that's a, that's a really good example of how somebody showed some some strength in the midst of that. So thanks so much for joining us, Sass. We really appreciate it. Next, I want to... Uh, kind of lean back towards Joy, which Joy, we've had you on the show a couple of times. We're always happy to hear from you um, and our uh, our listeners in Australia. Um, Joy, what is an example, uh, maybe any, I don't want to ruin your example, but if you maybe have an example of inside of an organization or kind of a professional experience when you've seen people leading well with vulnerability. Yes, hello, and, and thanks for having me back. I think it's my second time on stage here with you guys, and I really do resonate with um, the rooms that you're crafting here. Um, I guess too, I think 
you know, to lead, we have to be quite careful that um, we don't slave uh, vulnerability with weakness because you definitely can lead teams without, um, you know, in this, you know, with this filter of vulnerability and things. And I think to be um, in that space is definitely to come from a place that's quite egoless. So I guess my tangible example could be, you know, many years, many, many, way too many things to talk about here about, you um, stage managing and um, leading teams that way, getting the show up on time, working with lots of different personalities, some quiet and artistic, some extremely explosive, um, lots of ego there as well. So navigating that and how do you work through through that? Um, I can give the example, I guess, tangible is um, many times, there's actually too many things to talk about, but uh, leading, leading people where... Um, you come from a place where you're listening to them and you're attuned to their um, personalities as well. And sometimes it doesn't always mean you have to be the loudest person in the room um, to be a leader. I think you, you know, I've led people who who are the CEO or who are the um, the top dogs from uh, royalty and, and things like that telling them, giving them clear direction and just filtering through. So I think it's that ability to problem solve but also diagnose what the problem is in the moment but coming from just this sort of walls down, um, tools down or or weapons down, armoury, I think you mentioned that before, um, because I know that certainly there are many stage managers that I've worked with that are barkers. They... Um, feel that they need to assert themselves to have the control to um, implement whatever needs to happen. And it's a really a destructive way to to lead in that way. For me, it's to always to guide, nurture, um, obviously be quite strict with things. But um, yeah, I have, have definitely encountered some very difficult um, people before who think that's the only way. And um, a, a classic example was a, a rock and roll stage manager who came for, it was a really massive show we were doing out in the forecourt of the Opera House. And um, he was so angry and aggressive that even the, the local crew would come to me and with they were just broken, you know, because they'd been henpecked and yelled at for the whole day till the time I arrived. So it was this delicate tap dance that you kind of had to do. But then there was that time where I had to just you know, disconnect emotionally and just get on with the job and, you know, block my ears and when things happened, kind of pull him up in my own way. So that's a challenge in itself to be a female, to be able to do that. And um, he used to walk around the stage with a limp and I wondered how he'd be in such pain, you know, such pain leading these teams, being hyper aggressive and things and um, something went wrong in the show, just very slightly, but um, it was still an error and um, it couldn't be identified in the moment whose fault it was. And he kicked this amp with all his might and force with that leg that was the limp. And it made me it made me laugh, but I could understand why. Like that's how he took out his um, um, fail in, I guess, leadership through physically, through his body, kicking an amp and um, consequently had this um, prolific limp, you know, why would you do that to yourself? So that's my example. It's kind of funny, but I, I really enjoy, you know, having conversations like this with you guys, you know, experts in, in how we delve into uh, breaking down, I guess, the psychology, but also just having that human application with um, 
with the way that we lead teams. It's it's really a, a, a gentle art and it's um, something that we can all continue to to work on to to look after each other. So that's yeah. great. I, I was thinking that, you know, so in my notebook right here, I just wrote, unless you want to limp, do not kick large objects when angry. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, that's good. Thank you so much. Well, Joy, thank you as always for, for joining us. Chris, you're regularly working with leaders all around the country. Um, and a lot of these people are usually leading fast growing organizations or, you know, organizations that are growing with intention and they're running into issues. And so I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, what are some examples kind of that you're seeing in the business world and maybe with some businesses either that you've been a part of or that your team has worked with? Yeah, it, it is pretty interesting to be able to see inside behind the fairy tale facade or the story we want to tell ourselves, the challenges that all businesses have is as good as the story might be. Um, recently, I was working with an organization uh, that was trying to figure out how to grow in, through some acquisitions. And if anybody's been involved with acquisitions, you know, there's a pretty strong veil of secrecy around them because if it gets out, that changes dynamics, people get freaked out. So frequently, and sometimes because of the legal challenges, they have a very small inner core of people that go do due diligence, figure out, is this a good fit? When, you know, what would be great is everybody could talk to each other. We don't get to do that. But anyway, in this one company, somehow, this was not too long ago, but somehow the word had leaked, not exactly what's happening, but people were starting to put two and two together. Hmm, our senior executives are off in rooms together. They're spending time traveling places we don't know about. Something's happening. Maybe it's going to affect us. And the the CEO uh, came to me one time with a, a coaching session, said, I need to, to just tell you this story. And we'd worked through how what he was going to do if he was asked. And essentially, somebody came up to him and said, hey, I, um, I understand there might be an acquisition here. And I want to know how it's going to affect me. I need to know. You know, I've got kids. I've got a family. I need to know. And this CEO prided himself on being transparent and open. And we, we talked about it beforehand. He did a masterful job. So what he did was he shared his feelings and vulnerably, and he also shared what he could share. Now, a lot of people tend to shy away, like, well, I'm not going to say anything, or I just don't tell anybody anything, and then they won't figure it out. Well, that doesn't happen. So uh, this fellow, he shared it with me, and he said he just got it. His rea the reaction was really helpful. He said, you know, um, we are thinking about growing through acquisition, and I wish I could tell you all the details to put your mind at ease. I'm not able to do that. And I really, it, it hurts me actually to have to say that. And yet the reason I'm doing that is so that we can make sure this is going to work right for us. I can tell you, here's what I can tell you. I care about you deeply. I would not do anything that would endanger your job. I would make sure that everything that we've done up to now is built into the company going forward and not taken away. And um, I hope that when this, when whatever happens comes out, that you'll be a, an avid supporter. So he, he didn't say anything about the thing. He was vulnerable that he couldn't share. And then he shared the things that were important to him from a heart to heart kind of way. And I just thought it was just fabulous because the guy just stepped back and said, I completely understand. Um, I wish I could find out too. And, and I'll wait. And so it was, it was treating the him as an adult, giving him the information, but it wasn't like no comment, you know, that stories were rampant in people's minds, but he reassured him what he could 
what he did believe in and what he could try to do. Isn't it funny how wildly comforting it is to hear leaders say, I don't know. It's so strange to me, but when like we're all we're wanting from our leaders is, you know, certainty and confidence and all that, like we're just wanting the answers. But then when we have a leader that comes to us and says, you know, I, I don't know. But when they're honest about that, it's weirdly soothing. Have you mm-hmm. seen that to be consistent, Chris? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think it, it helps to say, I don't know. And I will tell you when I can. Or, I yeah. don't know. I wish I could. You know, as soon as I know that information, I'll let you know. Or, yeah, that's the challenge we're all facing. Let's wrestle with it together. So it, it is, it is the, I don't know. And then some kind of thing that says there will be action or we can have action around it. I think that is the greatest amount of confidence versus the, you know, and I know you're not saying this. Stuff. Well, I don't know. I'll throw your hands up and just walk off. Right. You know, you tell me, you know, that's like, uh, I'm responsible for everything versus the other side is the leader saying, I'm shouldering this burden with you. We're going to get through it together. And I will let you know as soon as I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. A, it's amazing what can happen when a leader says those words, when they are honest about what they know and they're honest about what they don't know. Yes. And, you know, with, with that being said, I want to welcome one other special guest to the stage. Robin, welcome back to the Ripple Leader Show. Um, today we're talking about vulnerability and leadership and how do we how do we take steps to do that? And what are some examples that we've seen in that? would love to hear um, any comments or questions that you have about this topic? Sure. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, th- I love this topic, vulnerability. And the reason I wanted to come up and speak is because I really think as a society and a culture, we are hopefully, I- I'm sensing a movement towards more humanity, more people-centered, more people-focused than in the past, rather than the I and the me, and what can I get What can I get out of this, and, and how can I get to the top and be the leader and um, I'm, I'm just sensing that movement and the way, one of the ways I think in which that we will continue to move towards more human centered living and, and work and play and everything in between is, is by being vulnerable, by leading by example. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I it, just in that example that Chris gave that, you know, he was vulnerable, you know, that leader, that, that uh, business owner was vulnerable in that moment and knew, I mean, he showed his sensitivity. And I think um, something that I've learned very hard um, over the years is, is that being vulnerable is really, it's kind of my superpower, actually. Um, I didn't realize it until recently, but um, the more I share my story, the more I share my my life's um, events, I find that people are moved by the vulnerability. And, and to me, I'm just sharing, I'm just being honest. And, and I think to be, to be vulnerable, you need to be willing, you need to be honest, and you need to be open-minded. And I think that there is, thank goodness, a positive movement towards more people wanting to be willing and heart-centered, honest, and open-minded. And, and um, people that are vulnerable, and societies that are vulnerable, I think, can go far places, you know, instead of um, all, all of us leading solo, we can lead as teams and, um, and look out for one another. And I think that the word serve others instead of um, serving yourself first, that's another area that I see is really growing and swelling in, um, in, a, in this movement of vulnerability is that to serve others. And when you serve others, you're serving yourself as well. And, uh, 
you know, I've, I've had to be vulnerable in, in order for me to, to, to move forward and progress my life and my dreams and creativity. I've had to be vulnerable and, um, it has always been received with open arms and an open heart. I mean, how, how do you turn people away or knock people down when they, when they open their hearts and um, share vulnerability? So it's a beautiful topic. Thank you for, for doing this. Yeah, Robin, I, I really appreciate what you're saying about that sort of how to be open to the vulnerability. And by doing that and being yourself, other people, I mean, you're leading by example. Other people can feel they can do the same thing. Exactly. I, I think about... This pandemic, it's interesting. It's uh, the image that popped into my head is, uh, you know, do you lie flat and relax on the top of the water or do you struggle and fight and sink a little bit? Um, because we're all vulnerable to the pandemic in one way or another. I mean, unless you're on a little island someplace remotely away from any human habitation and then you're vulnerable with a lack of connection. But I think it's it's been interesting to see people's responses to it. Do I say, well, now it's time to hang it up or I'm just going to fight my way through or, wow, this is really tough. How do we do it together? And I think most of the businesses that are doing okay, giving some like business model stuff aside, um, if you're like in a business that doesn't exist anymore or very difficult, that's different. But the ones that have a business model that's robust during the pandemic got that way because they were vulnerable together. They said, we're going to do this together. Lead, it started with the leader. I, I watched, I'm trying to remember the general's last name, Arne. He's the head of Marriott. He recently passed away from pancreatic cancer, but there's an amazing video of him talking about the impact just a few weeks after the pandemic started and how much he was trying to give clarity and being vulnerable about what was happening and being real and real about his emotions. And it's just a powerful testament to when a leader really shows up in a vulnerable and honest way. I, 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 I mean, I felt inspired and feel like, you know what, I can we can do this together kind of thing when I watched that video. And I, I'm pretty certain that virtually every Marriott employee felt the same way. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And yeah, I saw some of those stories as well. So this has been great. I think it's been great to hear some examples in the, you know, workspace and the more professional, you know, our nine to five space, but also in the personal space, because I think that a lot of times, if you're leading in the workplace as a manager or business owner or executive of some sort, I mean, I, I guess I'll ask you this, Chris, but in, in my experience, usually when the personal kind of comes in, that's usually when I feel most vulnerable work-wise is when my personal vulnerabilities are kind of starting to creak in. So I feel like they're both kind of connected. Are Do you see that in your life as well? Yeah, everybody would like to have this veneer of invulnerability and we can handle all this until you can't. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to be in the hospital for a week or two. Uh, or I have to chat this challenge with my kids. They're around all the time. Or maybe even, you know, we're, we're experiencing a cash crunch and we need to figure out how to do this together. I think when that reality shows up, how we deal with that reality, if we can do that in a vulnerable and a supportive way with other people's help, we can more often than not get through it together. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm hoping and I think the audience of folks here and the people that are listening will consider that if they're, you know, you have a choice in a reaction, are you going to sort of fight against it? Or are you going to say, you know what, how can we be better together? What's the part I can play? What can I invite? And how can I invite somebody's best strengths in with me on this? That's the kind of leadership that's going to help organizations go forward. Right. Really think. And I mean, it just, it seems ideal to be able to separate the personal and the professional, but the reality is they, they come together and um, it's not really 
always relevant of, you know, are you vulnerable because of something happening in your workspace or in your personal space? It's just, you're feeling vulnerable and you feel in a vulnerable spot, but you still have to lead. You still have to lead your team. And so I want to dive into kind of one other topic before we close this, which is how do you know what your team needs when you are in the place as a leader where you realize the show must go on, we must keep moving this forward. You know, we can't just close the shop for the day or for the week. Um, but I'm struggling as a leader. How can we know what our team really needs when either we're feeling vulnerable or we know that there's some vulnerabilities that our team is working through? Yeah, there's a lot of different approaches. I'll, I'll just thumbnail one. And I think, I mean, um, I think some of the challenges, and in, in fact, even in this remote environment, you know, are we face-to-face kind of fighting each other or are we shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder dealing with a challenge? So I think when, when leaders can paint the challenge as clear as possible, like we're facing diminishing returns, here's the chart. Hopefully we've been talking about things for a while, being transparent. So here's the chart of the way that our revenue is going. This is the line of our expenses. Here's where they're crossing. Here's how much we have in reserve. And you can hear a lot of vulnerability in that. I'm just really painting the picture without manipulating it. This is what's really happening. And then saying, you know, here's what the organization needs. And I'm wondering within that, you know, what are your needs? And I think when people see the bigger context, they can say, well, rather than, well, I'm going to ask for a hundred because then I'll get 80 because I'm going to get cut back. They'll say, well, here's what I really need. This is what I really, you know, do I need space? Do I need time? You know, what do we need so that we can overcome this challenge? Um, or maybe even if we're just level setting, you know, here's where we are right now. How are you? What kind of things do you think could make a difference for you in the way that things are going here? And frankly, for yourself personally. And I think sort of breaking that, the fourth wall between work and the rest of your life um, can really lead to people not only getting support and help, but also them being willing to do the extraordinary when needed. And so um, it's a mixed bag, you know, going out there and being vulnerable and saying, here's what the organization needs and what do you need? They could ask for stuff you can't give. And so being okay with that, wow, I wish I could give that to you. How much could actually work? You know, there's the need and then there's what we're capable of. Maybe we can get there together. So that's, that's one way to do it is basically us versus the problem, not me versus you. And I think it has to be built on, and for instance, Seth, you know that we have completely transparent books, even down to salary amounts and everything. So people can see if I decide to make a salary cut, it's not this magnanimous gesture. It's like real. It's like, this is how much I can put to the bottom line or to the, to the expenses that we need around here. And if I'm yeah. that transparent and vulnerable, other people say, well, you know what? I don't, I'm okay with what I have and I can see that I can wait for that raise or, or whatever it is. We can work together better. Yeah. And I think it just speaks to the importance of transparency. And, you know, for those that are listening and maybe haven't listened to previous episodes of the Ripple Leader podcast, kind of before we started doing them here on Fireside, you know, Chris and his team, they have completely transparent books. Like you said, any team member, no matter what their role, can see what other team members are making and what expenses are making. And, you know, when we even looked at the, uh, even though I'm not in your team, when we looked at the idea of continuing to do this podcast, that was a decision that you brought before your team mm -hmm. um, and the team looked at, okay, what, you know, does this make sense for us to spend the time and resources on this? And I think that it speaks to this idea where transparency is so critical when it comes to like working through these times of maybe where things feel uncomfortable or vulnerable. And so because we have some new listeners here on the show, I'd love just for you to kind of speak to, uh, as we close this, 
how valuable has it been for your team and just the progression, the growth of your team to really have a totally transparent culture where I would say where there's space to be vulnerable? It's been incredibly valuable. And I would say one of the biggest challenges we have is folks that have come from other roles where they were conditioned not to be vulnerable and transparent. It's probably one of the biggest challenges for them because they keep expecting, well, there's something hiding or this can't be real. We're not really talking about all this. It's also been a challenge in terms of when someone's not performing, it's not something I can hide as a leader. It's out there for everybody. And they can say, um, you know, I'm not protecting them at the same time. If I was protecting them, they wouldn't get help from each other. Or somebody says, hey, can I help you? What There's something that's not working quite right there. Let, can, how can I support you? And so it's been incredibly valuable, even to the point where, like, what's our cash in the bank? So people can look at that and go, okay, I had one person who just said, I am panicked. I am just freaked out by all this news. And I look and I see there were projections and they look reasonably solid. And we've been pretty good predicting in the past. And I see we have money in the bank for three months of expenses. And that's letting me relax take deep breaths and show up in a better way than I would if I didn't know this. So that's probably one of the best testimonials for that. It's just, it helped people get through it together. And the pandemic is a perfect example of how that transparency helped your team to be able to work through it because it's almost that that transparency provided comfort in the midst of vulnerability where people felt, you know, vulnerable. Okay, the economy's crashing, everybody's closing. What in the world is going on? But because there was transparency in your culture, then your team was able to work through it as a team. And I think even some of the examples people have mentioned, you know, in in your business example, hey, you know, we're we are pursuing acquisition that might happen. I'm going to be transparent about transparent about the fact that might happen. Um, but I don't know all the answers. But now that I'm transparent, we can kind of work through this together. So I think this is a conversation. We say this every week. These are conversations that we're going to continue to have. This We did not provide all of the answers. And uh, if any of you listening have all of the answers, please let Chris and I know. Yeah, we're, we definitely need that. So I'll be vulnerable. I don't have all the answers either. So <laughs> Absolutely. So on our show next week, uh, which we're going to be talking September 3rd. So at the end of next week, we're going to talk about this phrase that I think every single one of us has probably said at some point in our life, hopefully in the younger, less mature seasons of our career, but we've probably all said it recently too. It's not my job. Uh, Chris, why is it important that we talk in, that we talk about and have a discussion around, you know, this phrasing of it's not my job and how that feeling affects our teams? Um, I could go on a long, long, uh, sort of not quite rant, but I, I think that's something that a lot of people- 60 seconds now. Yeah, 60 seconds. Okay. Rants so, next whew, so, short. so next time we'll be talking about how that can really divide people when we need to be together. And really those are typically thrown out when we have a shared challenge and people are thinking, I'm not enough. I can't do it. And yet by being that way, Hey, this is our job together. I can be less than what I think I need to be and we can be more together. So that's just, that's a little prelude for coming in. Let's, how do you get past the It's not my job challenge. Yeah, it's going to be a wonderful conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you are looking forward to it, make sure to uh, go to Chris's profile here in Fireside and follow him and make sure you RSVP for the show. And uh, we also have multiple seasons of the Ripple Leader podcast. We just started doing this on Fireside, but we have, I don't even know, maybe 30 other 
30 or so other episodes and conversations that we've had. And so I encourage you on your favorite podcasting platform, search the Ripple Leader Podcast. And if you're looking for help with you know leadership challenges you're facing, team culture challenges that you and your team are facing, I encourage you to check Chris and his team out at trebuchetgroup.com. Chris, as always, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time and uh, for sharing vulnerably what's yeah, going on. Thanks, Seth. Thanks to all our speakers that came up and shared vulnerably as well. I think we can create a better future together. Absolutely. Well, until next time on the Ripple Leader Podcast, I'll see you next week, Chris. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Ripple Leader Podcast, where our goal is to help you build clarity and confidence for leaders and teams. Don't forget to join us live on Fireside Chat to get your questions answered each week. And if you want to get in touch with Chris and his team at the Trebuchet Group, head to trebuchetgroup.com. That is T-R-E-B-U-C-H-E-T group.com. We'll see you next time.